From the ISC, I am Lara Pedley and welcome to the ISC podcast, where I speak with inspiring insurance leaders about networking, mentorship and building a successful career in insurance. For today's episode, we're joined by Netsi Mangwende. Netsi is the finance director for Great Britain at Willis Towers Watson. Netsi is the business partner to the CEO and responsible for all the commercially focused financial management for the GB operations. Netsi is listed as one of the top 100 most influential black people in Britain on the power list, BAME Board Talent Index and EM Power Ethnicity Minority Executives. She is also named as one of the top 100 women to watch by Cranfield University and was awarded Women in the City's Highly Commended Award. She's been featured regularly in the press as a top woman leading the way in finance and within insurance. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Netsai. Can you tell us a bit about how you got started in the insurance industry? Did you fall into it like everybody else? Uh, thank you for having me. And yes, I did actually stumble across insurance. Um, I started off my uh, career within uh, consulting. Uh, so I qualified at PricewaterhouseCoopers. And um, that was in Zimbabwe, which is where I'm from. Uh, came to the UK and joined uh, Deloitte's. Um, I had the pleasure of being assigned to an insurance client at the time, RBS Insurance. And, um, yeah, stumbled across insurance, was intrigued. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, the business model appealed to my uh, numerical and, you know, analytical mindset. I'm a, um, I'm a bit of a maths geek. <laughs> um, so that appealed to me. Um, so I made that move, yeah. I took that bold step out of professional services and consultancy mm. um, into the wonderful weird and wonderful <laughs> world of insurance. And how did you find that transition? It was hard. It was a steep learning curve uh, because I, I mean, I, I took a, a risk. I moved um, industries, mm. um, completely different cultures and different focus. Um, I moved disciplines. I moved from being a very technical um, auditor um, mm. to a commercial finance business partner Mm. and uh, what a finance business partner um, uh, does is we work with the business and we partner them on uh, managing the business's performance Mm. so a completely different world right (laughs) so polar opposites Um, uh, but I was fortunate at the time to work for a boss who was very supportive Mm. he understood uh, the skill set that I could bring uh, the discipline that I had from uh, being um, you know qualified chartered accountant Mm. Um, so he took the time to um, um, I wouldn't um, similar to apprenticeship where you move from working in different departments across Mm. the organization Mm -hmm. Um, so I did five years at RSA worked with technical underwriters worked with sales um, and distribution and strategy teams, uh, managed our um, expense base. I did a variety of roles Mm. and um, it really, really helped me understand the business. Mm. And it really, really helped me understand how how, um, the insurance world uh, makes money. Mm. That's great. You've got that sort of whole all-rounded approach now to to insurance. Why, Why finance then? Um, oh, why finance? Why did it stand um, out? So I'd have to go like way back for that. So um, 
I was always um, good with numbers. Mm-hmm. So it, was, it really was a, a maths geek. I loved solving equations. <laughs> <laughs> and I come from a very um, creative family, right? So all my oh, siblings wow. went into creative and social fields. And I was the only one who was, you know, you know, interested in numbers and loved solving equations. And I think my dad noticed that in me. Um, mm. So he encouraged me to study STEM um, um, and to choose a subject within STEM because mm. one, I, you know, came naturally to me and two, I, you know, absolutely loved it. Mm. Um, so I studied uh, maths and I studied um, accounting um and he you know he supported me there were very few females at the time mm-hmm. uh you know in the stem um in the stem arena uh but i think what he did was he like sowed a seed and i think it was my first experience of mentorship mm-hmm. somebody guiding you providing you with advice supporting mm-hmm. you um, and just encouraging you to just um, do what you're good at and what you mm. enjoy. Uh, so that led to a very conventional uh, career path. I uh, studied accounting and maths. In Zimbabwe? Um, in Zimbabwe. So I was um, educated, fully educated in Zimbabwe. I then went to university in Zimbabwe, studied accounting. <laughs> and then I joined PricewaterhouseCoopers and then uh, qualified as a chartered accountant. Yeah, so very traditional, conventional path. And when, at what point did you move over to London? Um, so after I qualified, um, I moved um, to London um, uh, for two reasons, for personal reasons. Uh, so uh, my mum was living here. And I also, um, I also set myself a really big goal at the time. Um, which, which was quite was? bold. <laughs> and I thought, do you know what? You know, I'm qualified now. I've achieved my first career goal, um, what do I want to do next? And I thought, okay, I really would love to be a CFO um, um, overseas. I wanted to broaden my horizons Mm. and also in an international organization. Mm. Um, Yeah, so that was the... So you set yourself a big goal. Yeah, really, really big, uh, bold goal. I don't really know where it came from, but I think it's... Um, Because there weren't a lot of people with my background in this Mm. country doing roles like that, right? So very limited um, role models to look up to. Um, So I think, and I I, I was thinking, where did that actually come from? And I think it came from my dad. Mm. He just sowed the seed in me that you could... Um, just be whatever you want to be and do whatever you want to do, you know, whether mm. you can see it or not. Mm. Just have a big goal and just try your best, you know, work hard and try your best. And mm. yep. He sounds like a fantastic mentor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was, he was, he was brilliant. I didn't really understand mentorship at the time. Mm. Uh, but reflecting now, I realized that he, he was, um, very instrumental in, um, encouraging me, um, advising me and just, you know, motivating me to, to the, be the best I could be. Mm. Yeah, so that's that. That's where, um, yeah, I guess that's where it all started. Mm. And how did you deal with the, the change from Zimbabwe to London? Oh, man, that was like, that was super hard. There are lots of uh, bumps and bruises along the way. Um, mm. A lot of exciting, you know, opportunities as well along the way. I think... Um, it was it was it was really hard. So if you think about um, intersectionality, right? So um, I was in my uh, mid twenties, um, and that was only like a couple of years ago. 
um, so, so I was in my mid twenties, and um, if if sort of rewind back, and it was um, parts of it was earlier on. It was a really sort of difficult uh, space to play in because mm-hmm. of my intersectionality. So if you think about, you know, I was young, so, mm-hmm. you know, um, had, you know, as a young professional, um, I'm black, I'm female, I'm from a different country, right? So mm-hmm. I had the intersectionality of different angles of diversity all wrapped up in me. Yeah. Um, and uh, with that came um, uh, bias, mm-hmm. um, unconscious, yeah, um, as well as uh, conscious bias, right? Um and um, unconscious bias, I've, I found it easier to to to, to handle mm. um, because it's really about um, you know it's a, about raising awareness, um, it's about um, education, it's about um, you know understanding and embracing differences, mm. um, and um, you know and the conscious bias is really really um, 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 uh, tough to handle, particularly at that age. Um, but what I found um, most helpful um, through my career journey to really sort of, you know, overcome obstacles and challenges would mm. be, um, you know, one of my favorite quotes is from Oprah Winfrey. And um, she says, you know, excellence is the biggest deterrent to uh, racism and sexism. Um, so that's one thing I made sure I did. The quality of my work had to be on point, right? And it, it spoke that. for itself. Um, as I progressed, um, I, you know, stumbled across um, um, sponsorship. Mm-hmm. And I'd say that was the single biggest um, needle mover in my career. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, you know, uh, particularly when you're starting, you know, off your career, they confuse mentorship with sponsorship. Mm. And how I, um, from my experience, how I describe sponsorship would be, um, um, you know, identifying individuals in, you know, more senior positions, mm. uh, in positions of power that can help you achieve mm. your goals. Mm. So they guide you, they support you, you know, they may coach you, mm. they um, uh, they help you uh, uh, get there. They're your biggest cheerleader. Mm. Um, and then lastly, like, you know, I'm a big fan of continuously developing mm. and growing and mm. learning. Mm. So that helps as well um, mm. in terms of um, uh, progression. So you mentioned you stumbled across sponsorship. How did that come about? Can you tell us a bit more about that? So I was I was fortunate enough um, when I was at AIG. So I worked at uh, prior to Willis Tells Watson. I was at AIG for five years, and I was uh, nominated for um, a female um, development program. Okay. Um, I've forgotten what they called it at the time, mm. and uh, that came with a lot of. Um, uh, training and development, mm-hmm. uh, particularly on the softer side of things, mm-hmm. and we had a session with an HR coach who who, who pretty much you know uh, outlined the different ways to get support. Mm-hmm. Um, she went through uh, focus mainly on mentorship, uh, sponsorship, mm-hmm. and uh, coaching, mm-hmm. and how it was important, uh, particularly when you're. Um, you know, diverse, um, you know, colleague like myself to um, to have access to senior leaders and to, um, you know, to identify individuals who can support you with your progression. Mm. 
So that's, yeah, that's where it all started. So it was a group of us. Um, it was a um, development program they ran every year. Mm-hmm. Um, a group of us um, um, were, were fortunate enough to be on that program and they identified sponsors okay. for us. So that's 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 how um, I, I did have mentor, mentors before that, but mm-hmm. um, um, definitely not a sponsorship. Um, so so my first sponsor didn't actually quite work out because we didn't have that. It's hard chemistry. when someone's assigned, right? Yeah, and it I, has to be natural. It has to be natural. Completely agree. Um, so I got a sponsor. Super excited. <laughs> <laughs> Right at didn't, the door. Didn't, didn't go super duper eager as well. <laughs> didn't go to plan. So people shouldn't be discouraged by that. That's can, important because yeah. I haven't heard a lot of people talk yeah. about that. So. Yeah, so that was that that didn't go down well. Um but found another sponsor naturally within the within the same organization and that uh blossomed. Great. Yeah, it really did. Into a really great working relationship as well. And looking back at that training program. Uh, how did it influence your your career uh, at AIG? Um, I think with all training programs, you get out of it what you put into it, right? Because mm-hmm. you're, you're you know you're in a um, we were in a classroom type environment for a week, mm-hmm. and um, we 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 met very senior individuals within the company that we wouldn't have um, met otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the onus, um, you know, is on you to establish that relationship and build it and continue to it. So get, it did open uh, doors. Um, we heard from different leaders within the insurance uh, world, which was, I think it was just, it was so powerful. Um, we had people who had come through a conventional route like myself, where people who um, had just left school and gone straight into apprenticeship uh, route, uh, we had people who had, um, you know, studied insurance from day one, um, and we had people who had um, who just stumbled across insurance. So that that's, you know, that um, demonstrated the, um, you know, different different ways. You know, um, what's important is to have a goal, and there are just different ways to get there. And um, um, it was a global conference, so also had the opportunity to interact with people I wouldn't um, ordinarily meet from, like you know, all over the world, um, which was great. And and then there was the you know the formal classroom training on you know the uh, soft skills, influencing skills, um, you know how to bring out the best from your team, that kind of stuff. So you know, really um, all encompassing. Um, yeah, training program, which really um, you took out of it and applied. You had to sort of take something out and apply it for it to um, to uh, to be, you know, to um, to help you going forwards. I think that's a really important message. Putting in, uh, you get out what you put in with these sorts of programs, um, but it's not as easy for, for some individuals. It takes a lot of confidence. Yeah. Uh, is there anything looking back that you would do differently or some advice that you'd give to someone going into a training program like that now? Um, I would say, I mean, if you're going, I, I think people have um, 
a misconception of, uh, well, some people do, of what women's, um, you know, training, so training programs specifically for women, you know, mm-hmm. you know what that, what message that gives. But what I found particularly useful was um, um, we had a session with a psychologist, and they um, they. Um, and 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 there is some sort of you know there is some generalization in that. So they would articulate you know f- you know female um, you know uh, qualities and uh, tendencies and you know you know that's who we are and uh, you know that's a massive you know strength of us uh, a strength of ours that we should you know really embrace and own um, because it comes naturally to us whether it's you know nurturing we nurture you know for our families and you know one of the biggest things that uh, people want in a manager is somebody who will nurture their careers right so we have you know we have that in that um, in us already and we should embrace that and um, and you know um, you know capitalize on it um, but then there was also um, um, a section they did on you know male uh you know male uh qualities and uh tendencies and and habits and there's a lot that we can um learn right i'm a big 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 fan of uh development right and learning the best from um from everything and using that to be better um um so there so that was a really big uh takeaway that we can both learn from each other and be uh, better and grow. Um, the advice I would give people going on those type uh, on those uh, programs is like just be open minded. You'll come across some um, um, uh, gems, and I think it's you know it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a massive opportunity to learn, to grow, to meet people, and just um, you know just you know um, go into it open minded and apply and apply and apply a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff that you take. Um, um, out of it. Mm. And talking of meeting people, when you moved over from Zimbabwe, um, you're, you're working in a very people-orientated uh, world here in insurance. Is there anything that you did to establish a whole new network here in London? No. Not, not particularly, not initially. Mm. It's something I would definitely advise people to do. Mm-hmm. Um I think um, I, I found it quite overwhelming, actually. Uh, different, um, uh, you know, uh, different culture, different country, different, um, you know, emphasis on, you know, you know, um, at work. Um, I came from an environment that was quite technical. Your products spoke for you, um, you know, and um, joined a company and um, a culture. Um, where, um, you know, your product was important, but it's also your profile as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, looking back, I think I must probably approached it uh, the wrong way. I mean, I think it actually sort of made me a bit, you know, I'm an introvert by nature, so it made me a bit um, more internal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't, you know, help um, anyone. I think it was a lot of, you know, also pent up frustration as well. Um, and, um, I've, um, I've learned to, you know, um, London is very cosmopolitan and embracing different, you know, cultures and understanding the culture within, 
um, the organization that you're working in is important. Um, learning more about the British culture. You know, I'm from Zimbabwe, so it's a British colony, so a lot of things are f- f- familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, you know, living here, um, I did grow up in, um, in England, but went back to uh, Zimbabwe. Um, it's like really embedding yourself within the culture. Mm-hmm. And, and, and now I, I do, you know, um, and I'm an introvert as well, right? So networking doesn't come naturally or easily to me, and I don't... Um, I, I didn't enjoy it, uh, but now I'm more active within uh, finance. I'm very active within um, insurance, um, and um, also very um, active in um, you know the inclusion and diversity initiatives because that's very close to my heart. Um, but I think it's um, important to you know do activities that you're passionate about. Um, and be strategic as well in terms of your growing your network, right? So have a think about, you know, what you want to achieve in your career, what, how you want to give back and connect with organizations, uh, such as the Insurance Supper Club. Um, and, um, um, and there are a lot of great, um, you know, organizations out there that you can, that will help expand your network. Mm. Um, and it's a two way thing, right? Mm. Um, you get yeah, something you from give. it, mm. but you also have to, um, uh, put, something into it as well Mm, those are the best type of networks yeah (laughs) i agree so um looking back at your time uh, since you moved back to london are there any challenges that you've encountered along the way that really stand out uh for me it's um what we've touched upon before really around biases Mm -hmm. um and both conscious and unconscious i think um I'm now in, you know, very privileged position where I do have access to senior leaders and I'm able to navigate any, um, you know, challenges that I come across personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, genuinely believe that, you know, um, you know, um, and I'm conscious that not a lot of people have, you know, that same um, opportunity. And earlier, earlier on in my career, I didn't have that opportunity. Um, and I think it's just really important for organizations to put in place policies mm. and safe practices uh, where individuals can go to and get support to navigate very challenging situations mm. um, and be comfortable to do that, that, you know, won't, you know, won't then be, you know, turned against them for whatever reason. Um, I also think it's really important um, for uh, diverse uh, employees uh, to recognize that some of it is unconscious. Um, And I think organizations have that responsibility to educate, to raise awareness, uh, to train people who are responsible for managing people on, you know, the benefits uh, not just the impact, because uh, we all know, you know, the impact on that is very negative and it's very serious. Um, but the benefits you can get from it, right, from having somebody who's, you know, bringing their all to work and contributing over and above. You know, for me as a manager, it's a, it's a no-brainer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a massive benefit from, um, you know, being able to, um, you know, address address and and to be to to be aware of it and address um mm. uh, some of the biases and the culture um that we um op- uh, operate in within the insurance industry mm. 
And you mentioned uh, just then some of the hobbies. You, you include your networking in hobbies, which I, which I think is fantastic. What, uh, what are some of your hobbies? So for me, my biggest uh, passion is um, education. Okay. Um, so I really, really believe that education is uh, transformational. It changes lives. Mm. You know, professional development can change your career. Um, and when you change lives, uh, you change communities. Um, I'll share a personal story. My uh, grandfather, um, and it's very similar to a lot of people, um, um, you know, of um, African um, heritage. Uh, my grandparents grew up in um, the villages and the rural areas. And through education, they educated my dad and my mom. Um, my mom and my dad had very similar um, backgrounds, um, grew up in the village, and through education transformed their lives, right? Um, they, you know, represented Zimbabwe internationally. They're high educated. They contributed to society. They contributed to business. Um, and um, and that's within one generation. And that I had a completely different um, upbringing uh, because of that um, I can't even relate to how they grew up because that's not my um, my my upbringing and then when I look at my nieces and my nephews they've had a you know completely different upbringing um, to ours so within within three generations within my own um, you know um, story I can see the impact education can have on transforming not just individuals but communities um, and and how that creates a better society um, so yep education is one of my top passions so I'm a member a council member at the Insurance Institute of London that supports professional development for our um, industry. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a trustee at the Lloyd's uh, to Centenary uh, Research Foundation uh, called LTRF, and we fund research into um, all sorts of fields, you know, from medicine to, um, you know, to um, natural disasters. And then uh, what I'm really, really uh, proud of the most is uh, this year I spearheaded a campaign um, to rebuild uh, Mayazane School in Zimbabwe. Mm. Um, and um, Tell us a bit about where that idea came from and, and how it came about. I think, because it's fantastic. Um, it's quite personal and quite emotional. My mom passed away and I, I just thought about um, reflecting on her journey and education being fundamental to her growth and what that had provided me and how I could um, give back. Um, so I met a group of um, um, English guys who were in Zimbabwe about 20 years ago um, on a gap year. Uh, they came back and they started a charity. And, um, and for the past 10 years, they've just been fundraising and rebuilding schools. So I decided to join them. Um, and I really liked the concept of that it was really uh, grassroots. Mm. Um, so literally, you know, what you raise all go to the school. And if you don't raise anything, they don't have anything. This particular school is on the brink of collapse and the government were going to close it down. Um, um, so really, you know, the business case spoke for itself. So that's mm. how it all started. Um, we uh, joined forces at the start of the year. 
um, have been fundraising since. Um, we've started rebuilding some of the classrooms. The charity has fundraised for that, and now we want to put in, you know, just basic stuff: sanitary facilities, safe water supplies. You know, the the the, you know, the little girls spend their lunchtime collecting water very far away on mm. foot and then bringing back the water back and that was um I, I don't know why it was the girls there but that's cultural right and mm. that really just annoyed me but you know um um so you know having water facilities could means that you know the you know the girls can you know play as well during lunchtime and just be be children and textbooks and stuff like that so mm. really excited yeah we have our fundraiser in two weeks time oh really yep super excited specifically um, for the insurance industry or uh, for this charity to fundraise but i've um, um i've basically all our attendees are from the insurance industry great. predominantly and professional services which is great mm, it's important so, yeah. to get uh yeah. the our industry involved and yeah. and investing in talent uh, at the next generation and yeah. the only way we can do that is is through education yeah and making sure that we're bringing people yeah. in uh, the best talent that we can into the industry. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Great. And you're, that's just one of the positive contributions you're, you're giving to the insurance industry. You, you say you do a lot around aspiring leaders. Can you tell us a bit about um, the work that you do helping people progress through the insurance industry? So I'm a member of our Inclusion and Diversity Council. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then a part of my role there is I'm the executive sponsor uh, for the multicultural network at Willis Towers Watson mm-hmm. um, um, for uh, the UK um, operations, uh, which is where I work. And um, we launched our network about a year ago. And our co-chairs, uh, Michael Clark and Taurai Usha, have just done a fantastic job. They've grown the network from 90 to 500 mm-hmm. in a year. Um, and really our goal is... Um, how do we support our members' career progression from, um, you know, um, from uh, mentorship to training to development to, you know, events that will help them with their career progression? How do we, you know, uh, um, connect them with um, uh, support within the organization from our allies? Um, a second part is we're working with recruitment on how we can attract more multicultural um or ethnicity to the organization. Um, really pleased that our current graduate intake uh, for 2019, uh, we're seeing some improvement. Uh, there's more to do next year, but we're, we're starting to build that ethnicity in our new joiners. And and, and we do a lot of work around collaborating um, um, across the industry uh, with our peers in terms of learning from each other and supporting each other and, you know, building that uh, best practice. And it's really, really um, blossoming at the moment. There are a lot of organizations out there, uh, some being led by Lloyd, some being led by individuals, um, you know, from brokers and insurance. And, and, and I think that's fantastic. Um, it's definitely something we didn't have when I started. Mm. Um, and a lot of, um, you know, organizational support as well, which is great. Mm. And what are some of the findings that you've, um, that you've seen which are helping you uh, improve the ethnicity numbers in your graduates, for example? I think um, it's recruitment. It's, um, I, th- I think I read somewhere that, you know, if you continue doing the same thing, 
and expect different results. You know, that's, you know, the definition of, you know. Um, a disaster? Uh, <laughs> not being able to change. So um, we're, we're just looking in different places. I know it's really, um, um, you know, it's a really simple thing. Just uh, looking in different places, broadening your, you know, your, you know, university outreach to different types of universities and different locations. Uh, We are having, you know, diverse um, interview panels. Um, We are, you know, asking managers to have a diverse candidate slate. Um, so those are, you know, some of the uh, things we're doing at a uh, recruitment level in terms of that, that that's that's helping mm-hmm. um, uh, to start attracting a more, you know, diverse um, talent base to, to the organization. Mm-hmm. So it really does require um, policy change, uh, but it also requires a practice change, right? Because sometimes the culture and the practices can override your policies. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's it's longer to change uh, to change uh, cultures, mm. yeah. And it's and and for me, for um, with my experience and my observations, it's about inclusion. Mm. So right, how do we build an inclusive uh, culture that caters to different types of individuals and everybody has um, an equal, um, you know, uh, and fair chance at um, at opportunities. So I think that cultural piece is, you know, for me, the biggest uh, beast, but just chipping away at that is really, really important. Because I think if you fix that, you can fix a lot of the symptoms. Mm. Yeah. You're clearly passionate about change. Have you always been passionate about change? Culture change specifically? Um, uh, Have I always been? I don't know, actually. I'm quite a... um, um I'm an individual who likes um routine. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm I'm wired that way. But I think when I joined um AIG I joined them at a time of change, right? Yeah. It was just after the crisis and they were changing their business model and changing their brand and changing their processes and changing systems and changing structures. And that was really that was my introduction. And I'd, I'd come from RSA, which was quite, you know, at the time I was there, it was very, um, it was very um, um, you know, traditional and routine and, you know, structured. So I went from a very structured to a very, um, you know, entrepreneurial spirit, right? And mm-hmm. entrepreneurial spirit comes with innovation and comes with change. And um, that was, I guess, my baptism into the world of change. And I just got really hooked on change and transformation. So whether it's, you know, culture or it's a system, a finance system, or it's a, you know, it's a business structure, um, you know, you had to sort of, I had to make peace with change and then realize that um, I actually quite um, enjoyed that Um so yeah, yeah, it's I, great. I change isn't all bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I think it's change is the new norm. Actually, mm. we're in a world that's changing right on at a, such a high speed, mm. um, and um, innovation and growth and technology and you know, um, uh, you know, it's a global world. When I started, if you wanted to do a, you know, um, uh, within my world, if you wanted to do, a, um, you know, a, a global role, you had to go to New York, and now you can do a global role from anywhere in the world. Yeah. So, um, 
And the concept of virtual teams at the time was just unheard of. Um, your team was in your office, sat outside your door. Where's your team? You know, we have teams all over the you know place, and you know, in Mumbai and Manila in the US, all over. So, I think change is becoming the new norm, and um, and um, you know, I see it as a, a, a positive, a positive, um, a positive thing. Yeah. Absolutely. And so my final question is really, what, what's the key bit of advice that you'd give to someone thinking about joining the insurance industry or starting off in their journey in insurance? Um, I think the advice I'd give to anyone actually starting off, regardless of what you do, is to follow your uh, passion. But do join insurance there because we do. It's it's it's. it's <laughs> It is, it does. Uh, I think there's a misconception around insurance, you know. Um, it's just so dynamic. It's, you know, there's depth and breadth in our products and a lot of innovation. And what we do really does, you know, support, um, you know, uh, end customers at their most uh, challenged time. Um, what advice I'd give to anyone starting out is just, is, 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 is you know, dream big. Um, go for something you're passionate about that you enjoy doing, right? Because you'll enjoy it more. Because mm. um, after years and years and years and years of doing stuff, you know, it does take its toll. But if you enjoy it, you know, and if you're passionate about it, you'll enjoy it and you'll last at it. Um, I also think that um, uh, being humble and just being nice people can be successful and can be humble and can be nice <laughs> and we just get caught up in the whole um you know like we get caught up in you know you know within the organizations but you know at the end of the day um you know who you are um is just as important or even more important than what you do mm. um and one of the best pieces of advice I got from uh, previous bosses you need to know who you are um, you know own who you are and be able to um, you know to, to, to live with yourself and the decisions that you make and how you treat uh, people is, is is really really important um, um, and you know even more important than you know you know uh, delivering a, a a product or a deliverable mm. so just stay humble be nice and um, go for something that you're passionate about and you know have no limitations on what you can achieve mm. dream big <laughs> great advice well thank, thank you, you so much Sai, for coming in and talking to us today i really appreciate it Thank you, and thanks for having me. You've been listening to the ISC Podcast. If you like what you heard, please rate, subscribe, and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. You can get more information about the ISC at www.theinsurancesupperclub.com. Our show is produced by Connor Sweetman of Breakthrough Media. I'm Lara Pedley. See you next time. <laughs>